live from uh, my parents' fish tank. It's your host of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast, Ronnie. Welcome back to yet another great episode. We got Josh for about 80 or so minutes of uh, podcast interview time. I hope you really all enjoy that. If you're anything like me, I'm sure you'll enjoy the longer form. And so... Without further ado, let's uh, get right into that, and you can listen to uh, Josh be a very entertaining interview. All right, and we are here this week back with a guest. We have on, I would say, probably the most uh, competitive person in this league, competitive in terms of the quality of teams. Uh, Someone who is in the chat a little bit more, perhaps, than he had been. Uh, Welcome, Josh. Hey, Ronnie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad, glad to be here. Not a problem. Glad I could finally uh, chase you down after <laughs> asking previously, but you were too busy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you know, holidays. Well, yeah, I, I kind of... Crazy time, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're kind of waiting to the last minute to try to find a guest, and I didn't in the end. Uh, right around the holidays, probably not the, the smartest way to run a podcast, but <laughs> oh, well. considering how I've run my teams, I've probably done stupider things, so... It's not out of character. But anyways, uh, this will be your second time on, first time with me. And in order to try to make this a little different than what Spencer did, uh, I think maybe just we should go through your teams and kind of give more like your thoughts on their current standing, maybe where they're going. And then I guess to tie in a listener question with each of these teams, Someone did ask for your favorite player on each team, which I guess is a bit mm-hmm. of crossover with what Spencer did, but not, not an exact crossover. But yeah, sure, I, that sounds good. We can uh, we can tie that in. Yeah, and I think we one. I like to go in alphabetical order with these teams, but also this makes a lot of sense because since the last time you were on the podcast, you oh nope. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We'll start. We'll... <laughs> start with baseball, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with baseball and pretend that I. Uh, yeah. Okay. Since the last time you were on, you finished first place in the regular season in baseball. Mm, yeah. I am so sorry about that. <laughs> no, it was a it was a disappointing end to a you know what I thought was a really really strong season. Um, you know, Alex just bested me in 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 the most important week. Yeah, uh, you, I'm still I'm still proud of the team. I think you know we went on a pretty good run. I, we had some pretty terrible slumps. I think George Springer really he was he was awful that last week. Um, and Garrett Cole shit the bed as well. So you know, better luck next year. Yeah, and you've definitely got the the talent to have better luck next year. I mean, there there's a reason why you were pretty much wire to wire first place in the league all year. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I think um, I th- I'm going to have some tough decisions uh, coming up. I haven't made any extension decisions as of yet. I think there are about uh, seven or eight players who I'm currently considering. So really going to take it up probably to the to the deadline. Kind of depends on some free agent signings and, and things like that. Um, but I can tell you, Logan Webb is not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think we all figure that. Yeah. Likely going to get a, a max extension. I have no idea how you have that patience. I mean, I was, you know, yeah. pre- pretty well known. I was, I was ready to do mine like the second the championship was won. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
I have, you know, I think about it. So I, I pretty much have a, a, an idea of who I want to extend. Some of it kind of just depends on, you know, is Nelson Cruz even going to play next year? Um, so are we going to have a next year? What was that? Are we even going to have a next year? Are we even going to have a next year? Yeah, stuff like that. So, um, you know, just to, so I'd like to learn a little more info before I make my, my final decisions, but they're about, they're probably three or four extension candidates that are, that are a lock for, for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, only, you know, weak spot in, in my team are my relievers. You know, currently I, I don't have any. Um, so, you know, I, I think not to, to dive too much into my strategy here, but I really think that you can just find decent, maybe not elite, but decent relievers on the waiver wire, um, even after free agency. So, you know, that's that's pretty much my, my plan there. Um, and I think my, my starting pitching staff is still, it's still pretty strong. Yeah, I definitely kind of followed suit in terms of relievers in, in that, that same way, at least when we started free agency. Uh, last year, there were like a, a couple like bigger names that I would have been willing to go more than like minimum on. Um, yeah, sure. Thankfully, I didn't get uh, Karen check. Oh, I dodged that bullet. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Jake McGee, for example, I know he kind of fizzled out at the end of the year, but he was a waiver wire pickup. I don't, was Martin Lanson a waiver wire pickup? I know I'm looking at his salary, it was 500K. I find it hard um, to believe. So he, he might have been, I don't. Is but, is he blue on the on the sheet or is he in black? He is blue. Oh, yeah. that means he was a yeah a waiver wire guy. Yeah, so Mark Lanson was a waiver wire pickup. So you know, I, I think if you're diligent on waivers, you can you can find some decent relievers out there. I think it's in my opinion important to you know, lock up the starting pitching, especially and and of course the offense. Yeah, because at the end of the day, relievers probably only going to have a substantial impact on just one category. Unless they get lit up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, they can help you out with the strikeouts a little bit, but if you have, you know, excess starting pitchers, then you're you're, you're good there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this whole time, I've tried, I've been. I think I have too many players on this team that I that I love. That it's really really difficult for me to pick a favorite. Um, I I can go with the homer pick and just say it's Garrett Cole. Um, I think that's probably what I'll have to do. Wander Franco, he, he's not there yet. If he has a huge year next year, which I'm expecting, then maybe he'll, he'll jump up to, to being my favorite. Um, but right now we can go with Garrett Cole. But there are guys that I've had um, in other leagues as well for, for years, like Nick Castellanos. I had, I had him on a couple of dynasty uh, a couple of dynasty teams back when he was in Detroit a few years ago. I've I've been holding on to him for years. I really like him. Um, Xander Bogarts. I have him in a bunch of leagues. George Springer. I like him a lot too. So I, you know, as you can tell, I, I really I really like my team. I really like the, the the group of guys that I have have on the squad. Yeah, I I had let uh, previous uh, fantasy leagues kind of color my view of some players I went out for like. Clayton Kershaw, I became a big fan of his because yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, I inherited Joey Votto, which was nice. Um, Adam Wainwright was another one. I 
chose to extend Wainwright, even though it probably wasn't best to extend a guy who's only going to play one year, but I just can't trust that you guys won't make me pay out the ass for him in the agency. <laughs> no, he, he was really good last year. I didn't um, expect that, by and the he's way. Gonna get, yeah, he might as well. <laughs> he's going to give it another go this year. Um, as, long as, his, no, as long as his arm doesn't fall off or anything, he should be good. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of Castellanos, because you mentioned him, um, mm-hmm. do, do you remember him being a Chicago Cub? Because I heard that the other day, yes. and I completely had forgotten that. You know why? So I think it was that was 2019, I think. And he, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2019. Um, and he started out in Detroit that year. And yeah. I just remember after he got traded to the Cubs, he went insane. Like if you go look at his splits in Detroit and then into and, and then at Chicago, um, it was crazy. Um, so I, I specifically remember that because he helped me win uh, one dynasty league that year. Yeah, like I now that but yeah now that I remember that for a couple months. Yeah, like I, I kind of remember him going off now that I had yeah, remember that, but I had completely erased that from my memory. Apparently, that he was ever a Cub. And maybe maybe he'll go back there. They're spending money. Yeah, I mean they just went out and got Strowman for reasons why well, that, I that don't. That contract was insane. I don't. I, <laughs> I was fine with the move since I had since I had Strowman. I think that's a decent a decent landing spot for him. Um. But that was the the money that he actually got was that, that surprised me. Yeah, and I just I guess I don't understand what their mindset is. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if they have the talent on the roster right now to compete. And Strowman is at an age where he's probably not going to get any better. He's still really good, but he's probably just going to maintain that for a couple years and then start to decline. Yeah, but, probably. Um, I know. I guess the, all the guys that traded though. They, they were on expiring contracts, right? So, yeah, I mean, they could have extended one or two, like they could have they could have extended Chris Bryant, but who knows? He's still a free agent, too. So, there's always a chance they can resign him. Yeah, that is true. They could, uh, they could, in theory, bring back Rizzo, I guess, because they don't have a first baseman lockdown. Yeah, but. yeah, I don't think he's very good anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm kind of trying to manif- I'm trying to speak that into existence so the Yankees don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I'm but, good. We don't need to. It, it was fun to have him on the team for a couple months, but I'm good. Yeah, I, I think the idea of Anthony Rizzo is better than the actuality of Anthony Rizzo at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah exactly. As much as I like the dude, he's he's legitimately seems like a good dude. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think we can probably move on to the next team, another team where you are a absolute dominant force in the regular season. But also the reigning champion. Uh, let's go to basketball, where you have an incredible collection of talent. Just all of them happen to be on IR at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks. I think you know, with all this COVID stuff going on, I, I don't, I haven't like tuned out completely, but it's been really tough to like kind of keep up. You know, make all these wave, different waiver ads and things like that when I have so many guys like flip flopping on on and off IR. Um, but I, I, luckily I've, uh, I've won the past couple of weeks, I think both five to four, but Hey, I'll take it. Uh, especially, I guess KD is going to be back whenever his, whenever their next game is. But yeah, I've missed out on KD, AD, Giannis for the past like two weeks. Yeah. That's so with Giannis back and KD back soon, things should be, you know, looking, looking up a little bit. Um, you know, I think the, the mindset here is really just hope that everybody's healthy come playoff time. 
they should be able to stay afloat for the rest of the regular season and hopefully a lot of this COVID stuff ends up calming down um but just get to the playoffs and then hope everybody's healthy yeah at uh at 64 25 and 1 i think you can coast i, I think you're good yeah, yeah i don't want to yeah, say you so have I, have a spot locked I, I'd up like but... that, i'd like that first round by so as long as i'm in i don't know i think barry's in third right um let me take a look oh and so far this week he's kind of putting a, a thwomping on me yeah and i am but still, still early and i am in fourth just to toot my own horn a little bit uh, had a couple oh, had a couple cupcake matchups these last couple weeks to <laughs> to gain some ground back, but yeah, that's why I gotta fend off Barry a little bit. But hopefully, I can uh, pull out a five four or a, at least a four five, something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, the thing I was gonna mention. Yeah. So with your team, like I had kind of, I didn't as much as I look at all the sheets and all the teams. I think it's pretty obvious that I probably know too much about other people's teams for this league um i was kind of looking through the standings and kind of looking at the score not the standings the scoreboard uh last week two two weeks ago i think last week i don't know one of the one of the two and i was looking at some of the numbers like wow my team actually is like really good my team's like playing really well compared to you know like josh and alex like should i be like considering going for it and then i looked at your ir and alex's ir i'm like oh no nope. <laughs> no yeah it was nope. just like superstars build out on the ir for both of us <laughs> yeah like i had had like clay obviously out but yeah. outside of clay it was like a couple like not very uh, important players and then i'm like wow you know i'm i'm dominating rebounds i'm finishing first in points and then i'm Look around like, oh, oh, yeah, no, that's because everybody else is missing like their best players, and I've been mostly unaffected by that in terms of my best players. So <laughs> yeah, you've been lucky, lucky up to this point, I guess, because it's been obviously like ten plus players get added to, you know, health and safety protocols every day. It's it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had avoided it, and then Cade hit, and then because I apparently oh, have okay. had the Pistons. Uh, Isaiah Stewart followed. Uh, Saban Lee and Killian Hayes, both of whom I have my my G League team, both followed. Uh, Nurkic recently went in. Draymond just went in. I added Trey Lyles oh. because he had a big game, but he's also a Piston, so he went in. Yeah, there you go. Now starting to hit you. Yeah, I uh, I claimed Wayne Ellington, but he's out with a non-COVID illness. Um, okay. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Valanciunas missed a couple games with a non-COVID illness, and he's back tonight. So I guess in theory it's possible that it'll just stay a non-COVID illness. Yeah, yeah, we're we're finally the walleye are finally starting to get hit a little bit, and even getting hit a little bit is still not nearly as bad as other teams. Yeah, but yeah. Hopefully we're hopefully we're going to be on the other side of it soon, but you know we'll see. Um, but trying to so when it comes to my favorite player here, so I think it's a little tough for me because I don't I really don't watch very much basketball. I was never really a basketball fan before. That might be a blessing. To even, yeah, it might be. <laughs> but before I, before I joined this league and until we expanded into into basketball. So, you know, I watched it a little bit. Um, so when I've watched like Laker games, for example, every time AD touches the ball, I'm just worried that he's going to break something. And I guess <laughs> I guess that happened. Well, I didn't know what, what his injury is. I always an MCL sprain. It's good. Um, yeah, he, he looks like he looks so fragile when he plays. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. 
Um, so he's dead. I mean, I don't, I don't, he's definitely not my favorite player. Um, and I, I watched a little bit of the finals last year. So I have to go with Giannis as my favorite player. He's, he's a lot of fun too, seeing some of the stuff he does on social media. Um, there's that, there's that, uh, that Chick-fil-A nugget thing after the finals last year. That was funny. Um, so we'll go with Giannis. He's, he's, he's my guy. Yeah. I was going to say like, he, he's like the right blend of superstardom, but like, silly fun on social media to the point where he's got like a really great personality yeah yeah exactly yeah um and of course i gotta shout out kd he put he's been putting up some some pretty monster numbers when he's been healthy this year yeah i think he's leading the league in points per game by like almost two whole points i, I think I, well espn it says he's at 29.7 yeah i think curry has a 27.9 so i think it's like the math would work out to be like 1.8 Oh yeah, but that that's still yeah, yeah 27.9. That's still a pretty big margin though. Yeah, that is. He's been I guess he's had to carry the team because hard I think Harden missed a bit of time too. Yep. Um and of course Kyrie's not there. Yep. And you know what? Um <laughs> I know Kyrie cleared the health and safety protocols, but even if he even if he was available to play, he couldn't play this week. So sorry, Barry, you can't use him against me. Yeah, that's that's gotta be at least a little a little uh comforting having guys on IR but knowing that he can't uh, roll out Kyrie for the week. Yeah, I'm going to need uh, every bit of help that I can get this week. And then uh, I guess just to con- maybe confirm my suspicions here and to give you a chance to brag. So would this be your first experience with fantasy basketball? Uh, well, uh, last year, yeah, it was. Yeah, so you essentially just came in not fully knowing what you did and just <laughs> ran through all of us on your way to a championship. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I think – um, you know, I had different sources that I looked at for dynasty rankings for like normal fantasy rankings and stuff like that. So, um, I think, I, I think it was good that I came in without any bias, um, on, on certain players. So for example, I've seen a lot of, uh, Chris Paul slander in the chat and, you know, maybe if I watched basketball, I wouldn't like him either, but I didn't care. He seemed like, I know he's old and that's probably why I, why he faded a little bit too, but. Uh, he's been he's been great for the past couple of years. So I'm happy he's on my team, even even if he even if he's not the most likable player in real life. Yeah, and honestly, I think the fact that he's really good hurt or doesn't help that reputation because like a lot yeah. of the cheap shit that like I don't like him for is just annoying. It's like you're looking at him like you're just so good, you don't have to act like this. Yeah, you, you can. No, just... I, I do. I do. I, I have seen those fouls that he does where he just like kind of. He yeah, the, the little up his arm and he just whacks the whacks the defender. Yeah, those that, so that, that is kind of <laughs> that is kind of cheap, it seems. But he still puts up stats for me, so that's all I really care about. Yeah, and in, in this format, you you can't really let that uh, cloud your judgment too much. I tend to do that to a fault at times, but yeah. And I think uh, during the startup draft too, I th- so KD he was still out at that time, right? Yeah, so, he was your he second or third second half of last year. Um, you so the, I think because yeah. I got him in the third round, right? So third there must round? Be a lot of injury oh, and, and age concerns, which is why, which is why he fell to me at that point. Yeah, because he was coming off an Achilles tear. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, hey, whatever, I'll take a shot. Man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny to look back at the startup and look at where yeah, some guys yeah. went. Like, I, I mentioned it enough that I'm sure people know, but Curry was my second pick. And I, and I had, I was, well, I was pick 13. So I guess he was, uh-huh. he was an early, early second round pick. 
but somehow I decided to take John Collins ahead of him, which oh yeah, questionable decision at best. Was that a reach at the time, or um, looking at a dynasty ranking, it would have been about right. I don't want okay. I don't want to say like it was like a a chalk pick, but it was a from my understanding, it wouldn't have been a incredibly out there pick. Perhaps someone like Chris or Dylan, who actually knows a lot more than I do, can call me out on my bullshit. But <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, um, it it was reasonable-ish. But yeah, to get yeah. to get KD in the third, jeez, yes, it's pretty uh, yeah. pretty good value. <laughs> it's worked out for me so far. Man, yeah, and, and Donovan Mitchell, he was a he was a solid player, but you know flipping him to get Gianna, so, you know, I'd do that any day. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep, no no doubt about that. That's a, that's a pretty easy call to make. Um, so you're feeling relatively confident in your team's ability to to go the rest of the way, I would assume, here? Health, health aside. Yeah, I think so far, yeah. Um, there's, some, there's some, like, I don't know what to do with Thad Young. <laughs> I'm just hoping, I think I, I can hold on, because, again, I'm not pushing for win so you know i kind of have that empty <laughs> empty roster spot at this point hoping he gets traded if he doesn't get traded he'll probably just drop him um is he in the rotation right now no nah, not in the past he hasn't played in the past one two three four five six games Oof. so <laughs> so he has been at points yeah I, but, I know he was out then he was back in i guess i didn't know if he was back out or not yeah so obviously that won't be a concern in the playoffs i'll have that resolved by then um, and I, I don't think I'll have any, you know, tough cut decisions in the near future either. Uh, most of the guys that I've been streaming, you know, are expendable. There might be a couple that I'd like to hold on to, but again, with all the health and safety issues, I'm probably going to be swapping guys in and out for the next good bit here. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can move on now to a decidedly, uh, less successful team. I'm sorry, sorry to say, uh, you, the uh, Connecticut Whale Football Club. What a disappointing year. Yeah, that was just, like, you, you can't even really, like, point to anything that you necessarily did wrong either, which probably is even, makes it even yeah, worse. I, I think the first, I think for the first five weeks or so were pretty, were pretty frustrating. Um, you you were zero and five, or did you, me, were you only zero and four? Um, I, I think I was zero and five. I'd have to go back and check, but yeah, zero and know, five. Like, like, what was that? Yeah, zero and five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like week one, I think I lost to Keith. I, I scored one hundred, almost one hundred thirty-seven points. I lost to Keith by like one or two points. Uh, so you I lost by about fifteen. Season. He he put up one hundred fifty-two. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, this is awkward. I thought, you, you I put thought up it was a, much closer yeah, than you that. Put, you, Anyways, you, maybe it was week two. But there was a no, you lost by really about close. you lost by about 20 in week two. God damn it. <laughs> or you know what it was? Maybe it was just like everybody else scored about the same as me, and I just went up against an opponent who just like went berserk. Yeah, that's that's that, definitely that what, it be what it was. Because I, re- I remember Alex posting some charts showing like, hey, Josh has gotten really <laughs> unlucky. And I'm in his DMs like, hey, shut the hell up. If this continues for Josh, maybe I can make a move for one of his big names. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, so I, I guess you can call it 
bad luck with the strength of schedule. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, I don't think my team. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say whether I would have been a a solid contender. I should have been a playoff team, a playoff, a playoff team at at worst, though. Um, but when you break it down, really, when you have Jared Goff and Sam Darnold as your two quarterbacks, uh, that is a, a big problem. And um, coming into the year, that wasn't like terrible i mean i think golf probably should have been seen at least in my opinion probably as like a high-end qb2 and then yeah he's he's fine i guess but yeah i mean when you pair that with you know having Devonte adams alvin kamara joe mixon Travis kelsey you know should be enough to get by you would think yeah for sure um but it wasn't so, you know, we can talk about the trades a little bit if you want to, because ultimately I decided to end up selling after. Um, I think I think it was our matchup, right, in, in, I don't know, week 10, 11, whenever it was, where essentially I knew that I was going to miss the playoffs. It was around um, then, yeah. Yeah, so at, at that point I was like, well, there's a couple guys – we're pretty old, so it doesn't necessarily make sense to keep them. But those ended up being uh, Kamara and and Kelsey, of course. Yep. So yeah, the the first deal that I had written down for you for football would be uh, a preseason move. It was actually a really good move. You traded uh, Kenny Galladay for Joe Mixon, so congratulations on the absolute uh, <laughs> trade wreck of that. Yeah, after last year, I was just totally out on holiday. Um, so I was really happy that I was able to to just, just get rid of him. I probably would have traded him for much less if uh, if that deal didn't go through. And Mixon, uh, I mean, his, his value is shot through the roof this year. I know people were down on him because of his injuries last year, but he's always been a solid player. Yep. And, and he's on a really good offense. So. And he finally like took a leap this year, too. Him. Like he was, everyone was kind of like saying like, okay, this is a really talented guy, but like, when's, when's he going to like, I don't say break out, but like, when's he going to be like consistently like week in, week out, like a top, top 10, top five running back. Yeah. And even this year, I think he's had a fair amount of down weeks. Like before this week, he scored 6.5, 7.8, 9.4. So there's a little bit of inconsistency, but if you look at like weeks four through thirteen, he he went berserk. He, that was he had a really really strong run. Um, and then yes, uh, Sunday's game was really really good too. So oh yeah, too bad too bad I didn't have him for for the playoff matchup. <clears throat> yeah, and then after that deal, it looks like the next one you made was um trading away. Deontay Johnson and Jamal Williams for uh, oh, no. for uh, Darnold Beasley and there's more in there but I'm leaving out like low end like practice squad guys and picks. Yeah, um, this trade was terrible. Um, <laughs> I regret it. Um, I, so I, I guess I bought into the Sam Darnold hype a little bit um, just because of him moving away from Adam Gaze going to a new situation. Um, but no, it turns out he's just not. He's just not good. Um, yeah. So I wish I had Deontay Johnson still, but you live and you learn, I guess. Yep, it happens. 
Uh, looks like you waited a little bit before making another move. Maybe you would have kind of gotten a cold feet, like, oh boy, this has not really gone how I thought it would. And you dealt Mike Davis for Darius Slayton. And a, no, other, uh, yeah, other, other way around. Sorry. Yeah, you got Mike Davis or Darius Slayton in a move that Spencer and I, um, very notably, uh, really dumped on in the chat. Um, uh, ter- <laughs> well, turns out Spencer and I don't know shit. Yeah, I mean, well, what week was that? I think it was like week four or five or something because I felt like I needed to do something. It was, and it was. Mike Davis was still starting running back, I think, at the time. Yeah, it was early-ish because I remember I had was I was out on I finished up a run. I was out for like a walk that day, so it was definitely definitely when it was still warm, warm and sunny here in Michigan, which it is not anymore. Um, yeah, so it was probably in maybe maybe October, but September or October. Um, it's not a terrible move though. Like Slayton hasn't exactly done no, much. Yeah, I, I don't really, you know, Slayton's fine. Um, he's not very good. He's not going to put up <laughs> big points unless the other guys aren't aren't playing. Um, and I don't know. The Giants are are terrible anyways now. So I, I was happy with the move with the move at the time. Um, but yeah, Mike Davis turned back into a pumpkin. So yeah. Yeah, he didn't really help me <laughs> when I was trying to win games. Okay, uh, bit of a, kind of on topic, but not necessarily fantasy related. Do you have a favorite football team? Like, I feel like I can't remember you specifically mentioning a team like you do with the Yankees or the Rangers. No, so so football is another thing where I I, so I maybe played like one or two random leagues in the past. But last year I joined a few different football, fantasy football leagues for the first time too. So I, 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 I kind of watched on the periphery, but I was never really big into football before oh, okay. like 2019. Oh, okay. So, so it's, a, it's a little bit uh new to me um in in that sense so i like i didn't follow it i didn't really have a team um the only the the main reason why i watch it is because of fantasy football so if i had to pick a team um i'm a yankees and a rangers fan right so i guess i'd have to go with the giants um but there's not a chance in in hell i'm gonna call myself a giants fan right now yeah um it it seems like a, a complete mess yeah so, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to be <laughs> – if they end up being good one day, maybe maybe I'll hop on the bandwagon. But for now, I'm good just – you know, I, th- I think it's it's more fun to kind of, you know, like usually like you know, pop on red zone and see all the exciting plays that are going on across the league rather than just, you know, fo- hyper-focus on one one team, especially when that team is, is awful. Yeah, that definitely uh, makes a lot of sense and how that would uh... – would manifest itself as from football fandom. Yeah. Maybe that's one reason why I ended up drafting Todd Gurley. <laughs> maybe, yeah. other, maybe some other people saw the writing on the walls with that one. Can't, can't win them all. Definitely can't win them all. It was, it was okay in the first half of last year. But... Was he? Yeah, he was in the league. Where was he? He was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, he was in Atlanta. Okay. He was really good for the first five or six games. And then, he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, his um, his knees are uh, like sandpaper, or not sand like sawdust. Yeah. I'm sorry, not sandpaper, sawdust. Yikes! And then after that, you had made your first big uh, selling move, moving off Alvin Kamara for essentially two first rounders and Jalen Rieger, in a move that uh, well Kamara has not been great for Chris so far. So yeah, 
So first of all, shout out to Nathan for beating Chris, making that pick a little bit better. Um, <laughs> so I think we're able to be pick nine or ten. Um, so Chris came in pick. I'll take that. sixth, so I think it would be nine. Yeah, I guess it just depends who if he's the higher seed than the other team that lost. No, I, it was we don't Wham's. have to get into the details or anything. Yeah, it was it was Wham's because Wham's was the three seed. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So it should be the ninth pick. So even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Kamara as a player, but I don't know. There are concerns with Taysom Hill as his quarterback. He really isn't producing the same way that he that he did last year. Um, what's his rank on the year? He's RB fourteen, so he's not even an RB one this year. I guess he did miss some time though. Well, we have fourteen uh, teams, so technically, like he was actually pretty good for a while there. Yeah, and and then you dealt him as high. <laughs> And then you dealt him at his high. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And he just had a couple of duds the past two weeks. Um, but he's, you know, he's 26. He, he'd probably still be solid for a few more years. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to start and enter into a, a bit of a rebuild. Um, with the pick that I have, hopefully it'll be a top three pick. Um, another pick, another first round pick this year, the ninth pick. So those are going to be two solid picks. Um, and then hopefully in 2023, um, I think I have three first round picks that year. So supposedly is going to be a very good draft. So hopefully I'll be back at competitive uh, in 2023, 2024. Yeah, I would not know about how good of a draft that is because I just have zero reason to pay attention to uh, draft classes yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that is true. Um, okay, moving on. The next trade was uh, another Giants receiver uh, going to Paolo. You got a second-round pick for Sterling Shepard, who tore his Achilles. Oh, man. I feel even worse about that trade now that he tore his Achilles. Uh, no, it's Paolo. Um, it's a Giant. Don't feel bad. Yeah, Paolo loves his Giants. Um, and, you know, he, he, he had a couple of really, really good games, I guess, to, to start out the season. But he just can't stay healthy. Um, so he has no use on me. <laughs> he has no use for me. Um, I was trying to move him for, for whatever I could get at that point. Yep. I mean, in a way, I'll pretend it's karma for Paolo suckering a second-round pick out of me for A.J. Green last year. Green bounced back this year, but he was just absolute ass for me last year. Yeah, he was terrible. I, I, I'm I not falling for that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was out on A.J. Green completely this year. Like. Yeah, yeah, better than last year, but I think I don't think he's been very good lately. But yeah, he had a couple good weeks. Don't have any shares of AJ Green, so mm-hmm. I have not been following. <laughs> okay. uh, and then I'll leave the next trade for last, and I'll go with your the last trade you did first here. The last sure. trade you did was um, trading Mike Davis for a fourth round pick to Alex, purely out of spite for me. Not not you on Alex's side. Yeah, I think Alex has it out for you. Uh, You think? Really? Yeah. um, In every sport for the last, uh, oh, I don't know, year and a half, two years we've been doing this. Since like day one. Man. Yeah, uh, I have no use for Mike Davis. I don't think he's going to be a starter next year. Um, And you can't extend him that price. He'll be a backup somewhere. Who knows? But I think his, his time is coming to an end soon. So. I sold him for literally anything that I could get. And in this case, a fourth round pick. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed that that becomes something. But either way, 
likely turns into nothing like Mike Davis will be. Yeah, I mean, at, at the very least, uh, hopes and wishes can can be something for now. Exactly, I can get all excited about that fourth round pick when I when I make it. So. Yep. And then the last uh, football trade leaves us at you sending Travis Kelsey to Nathan for Hawkinson and a first. I think there was another pick in there somewhere, but that was the meat and potatoes of that trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is another big one. Kelsey, he's 32 years old. And I still think he can be good for a couple more years. It's not that I think he's going to fall off a cliff. And he better. In the immediate future. Yeah, he better for your, <laughs> for your sake, right? But I think um, when I was looking for a trade partner for Kelsey, I like I think for me personally, I don't want to have to worry about the tight end position. Yeah. Um, if you could just find someone that you'll just plug in and, and not worry about it. Hopefully Hawk, that can be Hawkinson for me. It should be. I know he, he, he started out really strong, but um, I know he fizzled out a little bit at the end there. He's got the um, talent, and if, if Amon Ra St. Brown can continue what he's doing, not to the same extreme, and the Lions can get maybe another decent wide receiver there to the point where teams can't just game plan for Hawkinson only. I think that'll help him out a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, yeah, as they become more competitive, hopefully in the next couple of years. Uh, as someone who's lived in Michigan my whole life, still your role. Right, how old is he, 24, 25? Would uh, recommend you not banking on the Lions improving. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, now. you know, that's, that's a good point. I, he is 24 years old, so I got youth on my side, and then I, I got that additional uh, 23 first-round pick. Um, so, the, but, but like I said, that was one of the main things that I was looking for, um, was finding uh, a replacement, essentially, for Kelsey, because I didn't want to have to go into next year with my tight end as, oh, I don't know, Japon Johnson. That That's not good. <laughs> so... I, really, I didn't really have any other options. I really thought you were going to slow roll that into ragging on the guys that I was uh, tossing out there in our, oh, our long. Oh, well, I could. I, could say, I thought you were going to say, oh, well, I don't know, Tyler, Tyler Conklin. Conklin is, uh good enough to be on a championship team, so. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like Evan Ingram either, so I didn't really want I mean, I said, oh, I had him. Yeah, that was in the initial trade. Yeah. With Kelsey last year, so I was yeah. I was just done with him. I have no interest in in Ekram. Um, I I, so, yeah, I mean, man, I thought um, he could be just like tight end ten quality, like a guy that I could leave in my lineup, not be thrilled about it, but not be like completely disappointed, but. Yeah, he he. It, that was, it was a low bar, and he filled it. Last week, right? He did score. Yeah. Um. I thankfully I don't think it was enough of a difference between him and Jared Cook to theoretically have put me past Keith. Oh, okay. I I can sleep easy knowing that I didn't lose because I benched Evan Ingram. But you know, I was considering when we were talking going through that running back stuff. I was considering offering you Boston Scott, but I just thought. You wouldn't have any interest in him. He did score 10 points last week. But that was, you know, before the trade deadline when we were talking about running backs a little bit and Mike Davis. Yeah, and a lot of my interest in a running back at that point was me realizing I don't have anyone for week 14. Uh, Dalvin ended up getting hurt, but it was going to be just Dalvin. But Taylor was on a bye. Right. Bolden was on a bye. Selvin oh. Ahmed was on a bye. 
was like, yeah, the, the, the Eagles right by, yeah, so that wouldn't have helped you anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Miles Sanders was hurt at that point, but, um, but I think yeah. he, yeah, I think he got hurt last game. Gotcha. So. I know he's been in and out of the lineup this year. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, so going to moving on to favorite player, my favorite player is Devontae Adams, no doubt. Um, I love he's he's such a good route runner. He's such a he's such a solid player. Um, I don't think I don't really plan to 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 trade him. I think he he might be the one that dies on my roster. <laughs> um, he's definitely my favorite player. I own him in almost every league that I'm in. Um, so Devontae Adams, he, he's my guy. Yeah, in uh, receiver is a spot where you age a bit more gracefully than running back. So you know if you play your cards right, you strike some strike some gold in the draft. Adams could still be a contributor on. The next iteration of a playoff Connecticut whale team. Well, yeah, we we can hope. Hopefully, he doesn't, you know, turn into Michael Thomas or something. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be mighty unfortunate. That would not be good. All right. Um, I guess since we did that, we should, if you want, we can double back on the uh, the other couple sports, the two previous sports you did trades with too. Since I have them written down here. Oh sure, yeah. We can uh, go I. Did you? I don't remember if you had traded for Cattell Marte before uh, last podcast with Spencer. I but, do not remember either. Yeah. Um, so we can we can talk about that one. Real yeah, because you had sent magical crochet and a first for him essentially. Once again, yep. there's there's probably another lesser piece in there, but this is like I'm talking like the relevant stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like Marte as a player. Um, it's nice that he has that second base and outfield eligibility. Um, I don't know. I like magical. I liked him, but he's really kind of just an empty batting average player. Um, Some so that's steals. why I, you know, I, he's a solid prospect, but that's why I threw in crochet and the first round pick. Um, you know, I might've even given up a little bit more for Marte. I, I, I really like him. Um, you know, he's a bit injury prone and uh, that 2019 season is probably a bit of an outlier. Um, but either way, I still think he's a solid player and maybe, maybe one day he'll get out of Arizona. I mean, you got to think at some point, right? I don't think Arizona is really positioned to make a move here in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, he's 28 years old. I don't, I don't know what his contract looks like, but they could get a haul for him for um, sure if they if they traded him. Uh, you also uh, further gutted your farm, sending uh, Chisholm, Hayes, and Hassel uh, in exchange for Merrifield, Carrasco, Jastrzemski, Turner, Knack, Foscue, and maybe other things too. Uh, yeah. So I think the big piece there was, uh, with Merrifield, um, you know, I didn't really have any stolen, uh, any solid stolen base contributors. So I thought it was important that I would grab with Merrifield. Um, you know, the, the best prospect that I, that might be in that trade could be Robert Hassel. It might, you know, looking back, I, I, you know, maybe, I should have pulled a little bit harder to hold on to him because he, you know, I think he's like, he's pretty high on some of the, you know, the fantasy or the dynasty baseball prospect ranking list. So seeing that kind of hurts a little bit, but, um, Whit Merrifield's a solid player. Um, Justin Turner was really useful to me last year. Hopefully Dostromsky can bounce back next year. Although my hopes are, um, not that high on that. Um, and then Carrasco, I was kind of banking on a comeback. But that was a wash, and I yeah. ended up cutting him. So I didn't want to pay him four mil next year. So yep. 
Are are Knack and Foscue both Dodgers? That's a good question. I know. I, no, I think Foscue is a is a Texas Ranger. I right, believe. Okay. So. Yeah, I was gonna say because I I, um, I knew I knew one of them was a Dodger, and I thought it was Knack. So if, yeah, I, yeah, I think Foscue he's the better of the two prospects. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily have high hopes for for Knack, but you never know. The Dodgers player the, development to is out the prospect aspect of that trade. Yeah, Dodgers player development is uh, something special too, though. So. Yeah, true. You never know. And then looks at the last move you made in baseball was trading away a first for a uh, a metric ass load of cap space. <laughs> yeah, um, I think my team is getting quite expensive, and if just if you yep. take a look at some <laughs> of the extension salaries, they're really high. Charlie Morton's extension price is nine point seven five million. Um, he's the highest, I guess, and there's a bunch of six mils in there, seven point five mil. So. Um, if I'm going to go for it again next year, right as well. there's going to be some some high extension prices. So I really wanted to acquire some ex, extra cap space so I could make sure that I kept the majority of the team together and left some room for uh, free agent signings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. At least to fill the roster a little bit with some depth. Yeah, certainly. And I know Dylan is a big uh, prospect guy, so I, th- I figured that he would be the, the perfect guy to offer some tech deal like this too. Um, yep, I did. I did. I did offer it in the chat. So, yeah, yeah. You people, you know. people did have <laughs> yeah, the option to do that. So, only uh, their loss, I guess. I guess so. Um, and I guess the last trade was the the most recent one, right? Um, Brandon Marsh for uh, um, what's his name? South Relic. Oh, I guess I must have missed that one when I was going combing through the sheets. But yeah, uh, glad you remembered. Yeah, yeah. I think I like that. So Brandon Marsh, he's a former what top ten prospect. Um, I, I don't know, remember if he was he, that high, but I know he was at least top twenty five. Well, uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'm thinking more on like uh, fantasy. Uh, fantasy okay, list, but, that's that's true. Uh, I think he's a solid prospect. I know he had some strikeout issues last year, but um, he looked okay. So hoping. And and he hasn't been called up yet, so he's still on his minor league contract. So I think it's time that I start thinking about getting some younger guys who, um, you know, are closer to the majors, like like Marshes compared to to South Relic, um, especially in the next couple of years when I have some of these larger contracts where I'll need to bring up young guys who can contribute and really still be on a, a low salary. Yeah, that is the same boat I'm in looking at Corbin Burns' 25 million thinking that I had three yeah. thinking that I had about three or four years to buy time on without being competitive. Um oops. <laughs> yeah, that 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 contract is quite large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well thank I mean you. he was he, he was a Cy Young winner, so it certainly was well worth the money. But yeah. just hope hope he can, you know, kind of keep that production level of production up for you for the next what do you have them for four more years? Yep, four more years. Yeah, four more years. But yeah, I, I really kind of thought I had, as I said, like another couple of years to to buy of, yeah. of not really being. He's twenty seven, so it should be fine. Oh no, I didn't mean that. I meant for like my salary. Like, I oh, I, I, I didn't okay. I didn't think I'd be competitive uh, in year one of that deal, let alone like year three. And gotcha. oh well, but you know you definitely had a lot of. High extension prices, and to bring in a guy like Marsh, who is he, he's already debuted, so 
You got to right, you right. got to think he's probably going to establish himself as a regular at some point this season. Yeah, I hope so. I think they need some Angels. I mean, they need help in everywhere <laughs> in every area. I guess yeah. it, I guess pitching, but I think um, if they end up moving Trout off center field, then Marsh is the he's the next man up there. You, you almost have to, right? Because when was the last time Trout played more than 140 games? It's been a few yeah, years. Yeah, uh, he's getting older, so I feel like they're going to have to move him to corner outfield position. I don't know if they'll do it this year. They might give it one more go, but yeah, uh, it's not worth it. You you need to have that bat in, in your lineup if you're the Angels. For sure. And then you had a couple in basketball. Nothing substantial, though. Uh, it looks like you uh, traded Thomas Bryant for Nas Reed, Jordan Clarkson, and a bunch of guys who I don't even think you have on your roster anymore. Yeah, no, they're just um, they're on their minor contracts. I forget their names, too. They were just kind of throw-ins. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so I don't know the situation with Thomas Bryant. I guess he's a bit of a wild card. I know they have Harrell and um, – Who's the other center they have? I don't even know in if Washington. they have. I I had I I picked him Gafford? up last year. Shoot, I can't from, I can't remember his name. Is it, Anyways, is it have, Gafford? Daniel Gafford. Oh yeah, yeah, Gafford. It was Gafford. Okay. Um, so they have you know they have a three-headed beast there, um, and he's coming back from the ACL tear, and I figured I had you know my um my field goal percentage is pretty good, um, my rebounds last year were were good although they've been lacking a little bit this year. Um, I thought I was weak in threes a little bit, so that's why the, the main piece in that deal um, was Clarkson. Um, and he's been okay for me this year. Not great, but he... What's he averaging? can't see it right now. He's averaging maybe two or three threes a game. Um, why can't I find it? Anyways, but yeah, that's that was the, the the idea behind that trade. For sure. And then right after that, you essentially turned around and dealt Nas Reed right away with a first-round pick for Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, I don't know about that trade. <laughs> As it, so I guess that was, you know, I think Jalen Brown is out. Well, I mean, is, that, is that his name, right? Yeah. Jalen Brown. Um, so he was out, and Schroeder was, he was playing really well. Um, and then when he came back, his production his production dipped, and now he's been injured. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But um, so far, it's not looking like the best. He's more of a rental. I think he's on a one-year contract. So I was looking to add a little bit of a piece with the little draft capital that you know that I had left. Yeah, and assuming everything goes well for you, that first rounder is not going to be super high. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, and ultimately, I think that'll probably be the last time I just kind of throw out my first for um for 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 a player like a rental like that because we're getting pretty far out now I think that was the yeah it was 2024 first round pick right so um yeah in three years KD's gonna be pretty old <laughs> so and then these extension I these the extension prices are gonna get crazy for in basketball too so I'm working in the uh the two to three year window yep right uh, now fully understand where you're coming from from my team in football Definitely, this is. I'm looking at some of the some of the the salaries as you are, and thinking, yep, some of these guys are just gonna not come back yeah. when their contracts end. Yeah, there's no way that they can. Yeah, they won't fit. Uh, that's the interesting part about this league. Right? I guess we haven't really. It hasn't really been a, a an issue yet. But I think over the next couple of years, you have these you know behemoth contracts that you're not like or these crazy extension prices that you're not going to be able to keep in 
a number of different, you know, superstar players. And we're going to see some interesting free agencies. Yeah, I think the only one we really had was uh, Starling Marte, and that was because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I it think was like fifteen mil or something. Yeah, I think because Jason, I think originally drafted him, showed us how far back that was. Right. And right. gave him like a one year deal, and then Marte had like a, a top three or top five outfielder season. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his extension price is insane. Um, oh, I think it was eighteen really? million actually. I think I think because he was on twelve million, and then he he maxed out, which would be one hundred fifty percent. Yeah, well, so he'll be what eighteen mil next year. Yep, but I think Nathan traded his rights to Keith, and if you've looked at Keith's roster at any point in time, it's like Gary Sanchez and a bunch of waiver oh, claims. The other catcher, he has. <laughs> oh, he has <laughs> Grandal too. Yasmani Grandal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those two and a bunch of waiver claims. So. Yeah, so he'll be able to extend them for sure. Maybe he'll, he'll be looking to flip them later on. But Probably. That would be the smart one. Yeah, no, Marte's a really good player. Um, and I'll he... look into that next year. We'll see. Yeah. All right, we can move into uh, hockey next. Um, sport you're pro- I think you would consider yourself the most familiar with? Or baseball, maybe? Yeah, I think baseball, baseball is certainly number one. Oh, okay. um, and then hockey, I guess hockey would, yeah, that would be second. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's been, so I decided to start out the rebuild last year. Um, but in hockey, it's, it, it's, it's different than, you know, than the other sports. I think um, <laughs> the rebuilding process for me is going to take a lot longer. Yep. Um, I think I have some some good young pieces, um, and hopefully some of the prospects that I've traded for and drafted this past year, um, you know, hopefully they will they'll pan out. Um, but it's hard when you're going up against the the two juggernauts in in the in the league and, and you and Alex. Yeah, I I appreciate the fact that you mentioned it first and not me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I, I have no business. I think I started out pretty well. I think I you won did, the first for couple sure. of weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think those were against teams below me in the, in the standings. And I went up against you and Alex, and I just got demolished. Um, so, you know, it, at first you're like, hey, maybe maybe I, keep, maybe I can sneak into the playoffs. And maybe I could, but will I be able to, to win a playoff matchup? Uh, that's pretty unlikely. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be a, a bit of an uphill uphill battle for you. But yeah, definitely. I I do like your prospects, as you mentioned, uh, Quinn Byfield, absolute stud. Bowen yeah. Byram, maybe a touch worried with the the head injury issues. You'd hate to see so, you'd hate to see some or Byram, sorry. Oh, Bowen Byram. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Byfield well, is bad. I'm a little worried about. I don't know why. Um, I think. Uh... Oh, Quinn Byfield, he's been injured a lot. Yeah, too. he broke his ankle to start the year. So it's, at least it's, uh, only, it's only one thing, tough. and that's that's something that should not really hamper him in the future. Yeah, hopefully he, he turns into a stud. That'll be really important for, for the team. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Nicholas Robertson can figure <laughs> he can figure it out because looking back at our trade. I'm so sorry. I I, no, I would have never guessed. You could you, That's what you can't tell with. It's so difficult to tell with hockey prospects. Um, for, for, for me at least. Um, yeah. And so it's like, so I'm just trying to stock up on them and maybe flip some like I've done this year for, for some more proven talent. 
yeah. um, while still keeping a solid solid farm system. Yeah, and I, I think I remember we had discussed uh, Cider and Robinson previously, and I had turned you down because I thought giving up Robertson was a bit too much. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. He, yeah, Cider's looked really, really good, and hopefully Robertson can turn into something, but... Yeah, we'll see. It's yeah. not looking good at the moment. If you would have told me that Cider played a full season and finished with this point total, I'd have been thrilled. Uh, we're like maybe thirty <laughs> something games in. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's good. Especially you're a Red, a Red Wings fan too, so it's like a double win for you there. For sure. I'm a big fan of Kent Johnson too on your team. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he was in the draft last year. Yep. He's um, got some Trevor Zegras esque uh, puck skills and creativity. Oh, I, like, I like that. So. He's got that going for him. Um, I think you posted something about uh, Wallstead in the chat. I think the was that last night. Oh yeah, I, didn't, uh, I, don't, I don't think I, I, I clicked it, but um, he had a forty-eight. Yeah. chat that usually means it's good, right? Yeah, a forty-eight save shutout against uh, Slovakia last night in World Juniors. Oh, nice. I'll take it. Um, and I traded the other goalie that I drafted uh, to Barry for. Uh, it was in a package, but I did get back Darcy Kemper, who I like a bit. So, um, oh, you know, I think it's tough with goalie prospects. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, Wallstead turns into yeah. a, a, a solid player. Was It It was Kosa, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, the the Red Wings uh, prospect. Who, yeah, uh, by the way, in, his, in Team Canada's, uh, like, pre-tournament game, he played the second half. Didn't exactly play very well, and he's been uh, healthy scratched uh, the first oh. two games for Team Canada. He was he, he wasn't a shoe in to be the starter, but I think most people figured he'd at least be the number two. But he has okay. been passed up by, I think the kid's name is Brett Brochu. But oh, is it is that a uh, Brian Boucher's kid? No, no, a different different last name. This is like oh, B- a different last name. Yeah, okay. it's like B R O C H U. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, remember, I I knew his kid got drafted this last year. Oh, okay. I must have missed that, or I just forgot about it. I think he was the first round pick by the by Ottawa. I think I have to double check on that. But oh, anyways, that, oh, that's I mean, his, oh, that's his kid. Might not even know who Brian Boucher is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I guess. About. I guess I didn't even put two and two together that Tyler Boucher would have been his kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his son. Yeah. Speaking of, because you mentioned him, uh, he went the college route. And he is leaving. Um, I think he was at BU. He's leaving BU after just one semester. I think he had put up like one goal and two assists and was like a minus seven. And he, the, he's already leaving BU to go play Canadian junior, I think. Oof, God, good luck. I think people thought it was a reach at the time. Yeah. I'm not sure what they were doing with that pick. But but hey, he can de- he can deadlift a lot. Figures it out for, for his sake. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was even drafted in our league. I don't think he was. Or it might have been because he was a first-round pick, but I think Paolo took him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making things up. I don't have it in front of me. I, I can pull it up real quick, I guess. Yeah, but... we can we can check. Anyways, yeah. Um, you can go on about yeah, I yeah. think um, my favorite player, of course, it's Adam Fox. I love Adam Fox. Um, he's never getting traded. He's going to win the Norris Trophy for the next seven years. Um, I'm convinced of it. Um, he is by far my favorite player. How far um, off is Panarin? What's that? How far off is Panarin? Um, he's up there, of course. Um, he, I, I haven't, the past few weeks I haven't been following it. I know he had a slow start to the season. Um, but I think it's tough in, um, he, so in, in our format, 
he really does not contribute in hits or blocks. Um, he's really, you know, he's there to deliver points and power play points. Um, so that's one downside to, to, to Panarin. But I think, you know, of course, he's the, the star of the New York Rangers. So um, I do I do like him a lot. But I think Adam Fox and, you know, he, Adam Fox, he really came out of nowhere. Nobody was, I mean, people thought he was a solid player, but I don't think anybody was expecting him to, <laughs> to go and win the Norris Trophy last year. Um, so I really like his, his, his whole story and everything that's kind of happened to, to, to him and, and, you know, the, that's it's great for the Rangers, of course, and it's great for him to, that he landed that, that major extension. Yeah, really great for the Rangers that he was basically forcing teams into getting him to the Rangers. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think he was he was yeah he was drafted by Calgary, I believe. He was sent oh, thought, he was sent okay. to he was sent to Carolina in the Dougie Hamilton deal, or was it that I think it might be the other way around. I think he was drafted by Carolina and sent to Calgary with Dougie Hamilton going back the other way. And then he was traded again. What did the Rangers give up for him? Uh, I think I, 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 I think the Rangers traded a second round pick or a third round pick to Carolina for, for the rights to, to Fox. I think that's what it was. Second and um, a conditional third to Carolina for Fox. A second and a third. Yeah. Okay. So I guess he did yeah. go, I, I guess he went with, Dougie Hamilton and not going the other way. So my bad. Okay. Yeah, I just know that they made the trade with, with Carolina. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I I realized that he was initially drafted by the Flames. Yep. He was like a mid round pick because he went the college route. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely is some uh some quality NHL talent on your roster though. I mean, there's a reason why you started off good. And you can say it was because you played lesser teams. But you still had to have a better team than those lesser teams. Yep, that is true. Um, oh, one one person I we can talk about briefly is uh, Kucherov. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't played very, very many games in the past couple of years. Hopefully, he uh, figures this injury stuff out. Um, he's my first round pick. So Nikita Kucherov is your Christian McCaffrey. Sorry yeah, to say. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He's uh, been useless to me up to this point. Yeah, that was that's just incredibly unfortunate on your end. Like, yeah, to, yeah, maybe if because he he was injured like all of last year, right? Yeah, because he infamously yeah. came back for the playoffs yeah. only. Yeah, so maybe if he was healthy, I, you know, maybe I wouldn't have started moving out some of my hey. other players. But it yeah. is what it is. Looks like he should be back soon, though. His most okay. recent his most recent thing at ESPN was about a month ago, saying he participated in morning skate. But he is sidelined until early July at a minimum, or early January. Oh my goodness! Early oh, July. I was gonna say, wow. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's early January. <laughs> so, oh, no maybe within a few weeks you might see him. Okay, It'll be fun. Hopefully, he's a he's a really good player. Um, puts up monster numbers when he's healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I have a, a couple superstars, and um, I, I'm happy with Gibson this year. He's really bounced back. Um, I've been a fan of Gibson for a few years. Um, I would always draft him. Yeah. Um, if we and just... I know he had an awful year last year, so glad he's bounced back a little bit this year, and hopefully he can keep it up with the Ducks improving. Yeah. John Gibson, he of a negative 19.46 PR15 score. 
It's only it's literally only because he got lit up in his his last game. And That's he had, not good. <laughs> yeah, he 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 played literally just one game though in that in those fifteen days. Yeah. So it, it's heavily skewed. But yeah, he, he know, six those goals. Numbers are probably all over, like with everything that's been going on. You can find you can find some funny outliers like that. For sure, for sure. What's his ranking on the year for the now? Um, uh, looks like he is goalie. goalie fifteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think maybe he's struggled a little bit lately, but I think he started out strong. Yeah, and Anaheim, despite the fact that they're winning this year, they still aren't exactly a sound defensive team. Yeah, yeah. They're winning some, like, higher scoring games. They're not, like, on Edmonton's level of winning 6-5 to five every night, but they're right. winning, like, 4-3 to three every night. Yeah, he has okay numbers. He only has 11 wins. Um, well, I still like him. I think, uh, I think he'll be good, and hopefully the Ducks are much improved in the next couple of years. Yeah, hopefully with Trevor Zegers leading the way. No bias, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. Yeah. Gotta give you credit there. All right, and that will wrap up all the teams, so we can hopefully plow through these uh, listener questions relatively quickly here. The first right. one up is, who would you consider to be your DSAC rival? My DSAC rival. I think I, I guess I have to go with Alex. Um, I faced him in the baseball finals where he beat me. Um, I faced him in the basketball playoffs um, where I beat him in the, in the semifinals. Um, I think that's probably, it's probably Alex. Um, I can't think of anybody else who I've faced more than once in the playoffs. I might be forgetting somebody. Um, but I feel like uh, Alex and I both have, I guess aside from, from football, we both have two of more competitive teams. So, you know, I'm always comparing um, our, ro- like, you know, our Roto stats to see who's leading, you know, which yep. categories, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it, it, it's kind of random in other sports. You have teams, you know, that are really good in one or two and then not so good in the other two. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to go with Alex. Yep. Uh, quick little verbal meme here. Uh, the, the epic handshake meme. Josh, Ronnie, uh, hating on Alex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, next one up is, how did you meet your significant other? How did I meet my girlfriend? So we actually just met on Bumble. Um, <laughs> nope. Nothing too fancy. Um, it was the dating app. Um, I was, as well as a grad student at UConn, she actually went to UConn as an undergrad, but we met a little bit a couple of years later. I was still at UConn, but she was a, she's a teacher now. Um, oh, cool. So we were living a couple, you know, like 20 minutes away from each other, met on the dating app. Um, so I, I don't have an exciting story to tell. I think like Alex had a pretty, uh, pretty cool story. Yeah. That was um, like surprisingly but, very entertaining. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of it is you know, dating apps these days. Yep. Um, I think so. She, you know, when we met, she had two dogs and I always wanted a dog. So she actually kind of, so she, she worked at a shelter, uh, an animal shelter while she was in college. Um, so she actually brought me to the shelter and that's where I found my dog. Oh, uh, cool. What, uh, what so breeds? He is a beagle lab mix. Okay. Um, so, you know, I so, that can be our that can be our fun story. She uh, she helped me pick out my first dog after we had been talking for only a couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, that's still cool though. Yeah. 
All right, we have uh, your favorite vacation you took. Uh, favorite vacation? Well, my family is kind of crazy in that we love going to Disney World. Um, oh, you're, you're one of those families. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Maybe it was, it was like more so when we were, when we were, when we were kids. Um, and it was, I actually went this past summer too. Um, well, I, I don't even I don't even know how many times I've been there. It's been at least twenty. I've been there. I've been to Disney World at least twenty times. Holy um, shit! <laughs> yeah, so I, I can I, I can walk, I can tell you anything you want to know about those parks. I walk around there without a map and all that all that stuff. Um, I don't know why. I think it kind of started out as a, a fun thing for for the kids, and we have a have a vacation club membership too. So. Um, I guess that would be my favorite, but we've been on a, a couple of cruises. I, I, I do enjoy going on cruises. Um, those are always fun once you get over the initial motion uh, of the motion sickness. Yeah. Boats don't bother um, me though, thankfully. So. Yeah. I think you just got to get used to it after the first night. Usually, usually I'm good to go. Um, yeah. But and... no, I think, I, I guess I just have to go to Disney World because my family is a bunch of freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it might be easier for you to uh, just classify them or describe them as uh, goofy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's actually my favorite Disney character if, oh. I, had to, if I had to pick one, so it works out. It does. Um, the next one is the weirdest one that'll be apparently a recurring thing. How would you kill somebody and get away with it? <laughs> you know, I was actually... So when I went to um, uh, undergrad... I started as a oh, as a forensic science major. Um, okay, I'm um, sorry to interrupt. That was actually what I was interested in coming out of college. That is why I chose oh, really? the school I went. But then I went to a summer camp that had forensics, and then it kind of opened my eyes up to biotech. But yeah, it's um, it was interesting to me at first, but I think it was mostly because I, um, you know, watched like like Law and Order. And, CSI and I watch so like, oh, much cool. forensic files, but well. it's it's oh. really not as cool as you might think it is. But anyways, um, I don't know. I guess uh, I would try to do something cool. Maybe just do some Breaking Bad type stuff and dissolve the body in a bathtub. Um, yeah, that's something that I, I can't say that this is something that I've really thought given too much thought about. So that's the first example that pops into my head because I was a, a big Breaking Bad fan. Yeah, my um, my first assumption would be like, okay, you're going to use something probably some sort of acid knowing your your background in, in science yeah you can use chemicals to dispose of the body <laughs> yeah. um a bit of a new question uh that's apparently entering the rotation um maybe helpful if your girlfriend is not around who are your top three hottest celebrities i people these okay. are listener questions here okay <laughs> okay so the one that immediately jumps into my head is amelia clark um okay I love Amelia Clark because I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, so I choose another one for me. Um, I like Anna Kendrick a lot. She might be. She's either two or three. Um, I do also like Margot Robbie. So I think those those are the first three that pop into my head. So we'll go one Amelia Clark, uh, two Anna Kendrick, three Margot Robbie. All right. Um, a little more on topic. Uh, how did you become a Rangers fan? That's interesting. So I started watching hockey. I think it was in 
2010 when the Kings, you know, the, when the, it was the year that the Kings were the eight seed. It 2012. Was like 2012, actually. Yeah, 2012. The Kings were the, the eight seed and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. And that was, I, I started watching the in the playoffs that year. Um, so at first I was a Kings fan because they just, they, they like blew me away. I was watching, I watched the whole, the whole, I followed them the whole way through the playoffs. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. It was so fun to watch them go from being the bottom seed to, to winning the whole thing. Um, so I started out as a Kings fan and that's when I started to really get into hockey. Um, and then I guess I, I started to learn more about the Rangers and I've always been a Yankee fan for, um, since, you know, for my entire life. And I'm from Connecticut, but I was born in Stanford. So I feel like for me, it's more about <laughs> loyalty to the, uh, to the area where I was born and, and the teams that are actually near me, because if it was a team that I could go and see, um, that means a little bit more to me. So eventually I, um, transferred over to the Rangers. So um, next and, question. Yeah. I know what you're going to ask next. Yeah. And it was, uh, <laughs> that Stanley cup was brutal for me to watch. Um, of course I was rooting for the Rangers. Um, but if any other team was going to beat them, I guess I was happy that it was the Kings. That's they're fair. the ones who, you know, ultimately got me into hockey. Yeah. So do you like still wake up in, in cold sweats seeing Alec Martinez in your dream? Yeah, Alec Martinez haunts my nightmares. <laughs> just, just seeing Henrik Lundqvist just questioning his yeah. existence face down yeah. on the ice for minutes after the game. That 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 sucked to see. Yeah, I, I wish they could have won a cup while Hank was there. Um, but you know, sometimes it's sometimes it doesn't happen. Yep. And in the Rangers case, most of the time it doesn't happen outside of 94. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. They, yeah, they haven't been so great in that regard. All right. Um, if the Connecticut whale were to relocate, where would you put them and would you change their mascot? I would like to say I would find it hilarious if you moved them to a, a city like Butte or OKC or Topeka and just kept the whale nickname. Like a city very, not even anywhere near the water. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You know, let's, I, I guess we're going to keep it with the vacation theme. Let's move them to Orlando. It can still be the whale. Maybe okay. some tropical bird. Maybe the flamingos. Uh, Tom might well, get upset Tom, with you. Oh, no, yeah. I can steal that from Tom. I can think of another, <clears throat> another bird name, but we'll go with Orlando because that's probably the second, the, the, the city outside of Connecticut that I spent the most time in. Yeah. And then maybe make it like Disney themed if you could, but yeah, you used to say you could keep the, you keep the wheel. Like <laughs> yeah. All right. And then the last one here, I'll end this, I'll end on this one because sure. I find it more interesting because of our shared, uh, I don't want to say sh saying shared career field just sounds really friggin' stupid and <laughs> whatnot, but the reader or the listener rather said, here is the first sentence from the abstract of your most recent publication on ResearchGate. A combination of surfactant self-assembly and enzymatic ligation is used to build a nanoscale platform for therapeutic oligonucleotide delivery that is highly modular and biochemically responsive to cellular location. What on earth does this mean? <laughs> That's now, funny. so somebody looked up my publications. Wait, sorry, because uh, I so I have a few. Can you just repeat the first? I need to just double check which paper it is because there's like three or four out there. Oh, way to brag! I have one that's like currently like going through like we're reviewing it before we send off the publication. So, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, which paper? Uh, 
Mm, must be nice. Just give me the the first uh, the first couple words again. A combination of surfactant self assembly and enzymatic ligation. I, I think that's the paper that I was like the fourth author on that I didn't have that much to do with. But I, I can tell you like a little bit about just like the general research that we did. Yeah. Um, if that if that kind of. Uh, I I think I have the abstract kind of like under control or like at least like the little blurb. Yeah, well, I can tell you, like, so the general, like, um, goals of our research was we set out to really design a nanomaterial that we could use for drug delivery applications. So we used surfactants because we can encapsulate hydrophobic uh, drugs on the, on the core of the, of, the, of the nanomaterials, and we can also cross-link them shot, introducing enzyme-responsive cross-linkers. So we can, like, for example, we could introduce peptides to the surface of the, of the micelle that would be, that would undergo degrad degradation in the presence of enzymes that are overexpressed in cancer cells, for example. And then lastly, you could functionalize the surface of them with, with DNA. So you could, so DNA can have very many, it can have lots of different applications. It can be therapeutic, it can be targeting. So really the idea is we would design it, we set out to, you know, design a customizable drug delivery system that could be used to treat a number of different diseases. Um, that, that's basically the, the, the gist of what the, the goal of like the, of, of our research lab was and a lot of the work that I, that I did during my time at UConn. Yeah, which is really cool. And I, I, I am kind of glad I had a chance that somebody sent in a question that gave me the opportunity to uh, to ask you a little bit about that down there. <laughs> yeah, because... if anybody wants to actually read the copy of, of any of the papers, um, you know, I could send you a send you a copy. Um, I don't know how many science geeks we have in, in the chat, but the stuff is pretty cool, especially when it comes to therapeutics. Um, that stuff is, is really what interests me. Designing new therapeutics or designing new vehicles for therapeutic delivery is that's that's right in my wheelhouse yeah and that's definitely even a bit above my head because i'm more in the uh well i can't really say more on the biology side because that is biology what you do but yeah definitely more in yeah, a, sure. a more in like a, a a clinical setting where we're dealing with clinic samples whereas you get to do more like research and you, right, you're, you're right. also in industry now so yeah, so I, yeah, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. I, I kind of, um, it's weird to say, but I kind of miss it a little bit. But, um, you know, we got to reach out and, and explore new areas. And I think one day um, I'd like to get back into to therapeutics, but we'll see. We'll see where the career takes me. Yep. And I guess into the branch off here near the end, like where, how is your, uh, this is more for the listeners here. Like how has, yeah, sure. how has moving to industry kind of changed what you do on a regular basis or a daily basis? What have you? Um, so, so I'll try to take out the commute because that's something that obviously takes out a big chunk of my day, but oh, I yeah. think, you know, the nice part about industry is we have, uh, for me, for, for now, at least I have pretty set hours. So grad school, um, you, you don't have set hours. You're basically working. <laughs> for very, very long periods of time. Um, so that part is nice where you can have more of a, more of a actual schedule. Um, and the other, the other major difference I think are 
deliverables and, and timelines. So everything is really, really fast paced and fast moving in industry. Um, whereas in grad school, it was, it was, you know, you wanted to get your work done, of course, but it was at a, it was at a time, a time scale that was more on your own schedule. Um, so you, you spent a lot of time in the lab, but you didn't have any, typically you didn't have any major deadlines that you had to rush through. Um, but when it comes to like actual research, um, for me, at least it has not been that different. I think it depends. <laughs> There's so many different variables. It depends what kind of research you're doing in grad school. It depends what kind of, uh, what type of company you're working at once you, once you go into industry. Um, but overall, I think it's been nice to finally transition out of being stuck in grad school for five plus years. Um, you know, it's not for <laughs> getting a, it's nice that they pay for your, so, so my program, for example, they would cover our tuition and give us a, a stipend. Um, but it's, it's barely a, a livable wage. So yeah, it's nice going yeah. from, from that to a, to an actual real job. Yeah. I just definitely did not have the, the appetite or the desire to, to go into a grad school setting. Yeah. It was, it was tough for me too. Cause I, I worked at Pfizer for a year actually after I graduated from, oh. from undergrad. Um, yeah, so I worked at Pfizer in, in Groton, Connecticut, and ultimately made the decision to go back to, to grad school. So that was a really tough transition. Um, but, you know, in the long run, I want to go for the, the, the PhD and then, you know, kind of fast track the career arc from there. For sure. And that's, it, it definitely mostly pays off in the end. It's just, as you alluded yeah. to, it's uh, it's a grind. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. So. You know, always, uh, always good to make it through. And, uh, you know, I think if anybody's looking, I don't know if we have, I think everybody's older, so they <laughs> might be past this point, but yeah, I think, um, grad school, it's a, it's a, I think it's a really good, I don't know if good's the right word, but I think it's a good experience. I think it's a valuable experience. So if anybody asks for tips on, on grad school, you know, you can send them my way or just tell them to go yeah. <laughs> and, and it'll be worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds like a pretty good place to wrap up. I took up almost ninety minutes of your night, so. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm no assuming. You, yeah, I'm assuming you probably had to work today, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you stop recording now? Uh, not yet, but yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, I know. I slept, I slept terribly last night, but and I worked today, yeah. but it's okay. I'm probably gonna just go to bed after this. <laughs> okay. Can't really can't really fellowship on that. So. Yeah. With that. I can uh, can let you go here. You know, as you said, you worked all day. Then you had your commute back, plus doing whatever you have to do once you get back home, and then spend ninety minutes talking about a fantasy league. So, thank <laughs> thank you very uh, much for your time. Uh, no worries, I'm glad to do it. Yeah, and uh, have a great rest of your night. All right, we have a pretty light load this week in terms of league uh, events to recap. Only two sports instead of three this time. So let's lead off with basketball and save the main event for last. Uh, first up, we saw Josh take down Murph 5-4 to four with 65, 16, and 20 for Drew Holiday. 59 points from Gary Harris. 48, 14, and 24 for Chris Paul. Uh, and then 75, 27, and 25 for Kemba and his triumphant return to the starting lineup 
with 66 points and 13 threes from Bojan for Murph in defeat. Uh, Barry beat Chris 6-3 to three with 133-8-12 stocks for Joel Embiid, 74-8-20 for Brunson, and then 57 points and 12 three-pointers from Max Struss. And Chris got 60 and 22 with nine stocks from Miles Turner and 64, 20, and 11 from Tobias. A nut beat Ping 6 to 3 with 51, 12, and 20 from Karis. And then 55 points and 13 threes from Malik Beasley. We all know how much he loves to shoot. Uh, Ping got 59, 16, and 14 from B.I. 30 and 28 from Willie Hernan Gomez in the absence of Jonas Valanciunas. Who I believe missed time. Yeah, missed time with uh, an illness. And then 55 and 27 from Keldon Johnson, who really feasted on the Pistons. Uh, Alex beat Keith 7 to 2. 67, 19, and 17 from Devin Booker. 60, 27, and 15 with 11 stocks for Jason Tatum. And then 65 and 30 from Christian Wood. Meanwhile, Keith got 110, 25 and 28 from Shea Gilgis Alexander, 89, 15, 10, 10 three pointers, and then seven stocks from Jalen Brown with a really good all round effort. Uh, Tom beat Dylan also 7 2. He got 65, 25 and 6 from John Collins, 56, 35 and 6 stocks for DeAndre Ayton. 35-28 with 8 stocks for Darius Basley, who played quite well in his first extended action for Tom. Meanwhile, Dylan only got 62-11-10 from Cam Reddish. No other relevant players because Dylan isn't setting a lineup. Tisk, tisk. Uh, Nathan beat Sean. Also, 7-2. A lot of 7-2s this week. Uh, Nathan got 53-49 with 11 stocks from Rudy Gobert. And then 57, 7, and 17 for Tyler Hero. Meanwhile, Sean got 82, 14, and 16 from Donovan Mitchell. And then 35, 12, and 15 from Terrence Mann. And lastly, yours truly beat Paolo. 7 to 2. Got 109, 11, and 14. 17 three-pointers and 8 stocks for Steph Curry. 61, 25, and 9 for headband Sadiq Bey. 50, 15, and 8 with 11 stocks from Hamadou Diallo. And then 32, 24, 29 with 15 stocks from Draymond Green. Meanwhile, Paolo got 109, 25, and 15 with 9 stocks from LeBron. 65, 29, and 20 from Russell Westbrook. 69, 32, and 8 from Julius Randle. And 71, 20, 14, 8 three-pointers and 9 stocks from Josh Hart. Taking a look at the leaders for this week, Tom with a 53.7 field goal percentage, Dylan with an 84.6 free throw percentage, Alex with 92 three-pointers, 248 rebounds, 188 assists, 28 blocks, and then 695 points. Alex dominated this week. Uh, Yours truly got 42 steals. And Dylan led the way with only 23 turnovers. Once again, a symptom of him uh, not setting a lineup. Barry's top five of the week. 
Shea Gildas Alexander for Keefe. Yoel Embiid for Barry. Joel, she's running. Uh, LeBron James for Paolo. Kemba Walker for Murph. And Steph Curry for me. Taking a look at the standings, Josh still out in front. Alex keeping it close in second. Barry a bit more behind in third. Yours truly, Ronnie in fourth. Murph in fifth. Chris in sixth. Tom in seventh. Dylan in eighth. Nut in ninth. Ping in tenth. Eleventh is Keith. Nathan in twelfth. Paolo in thirteenth. Sean in fourteenth. There's actually a, not a ton of separation between, let's call it Barry in third and then Ping in tenth. It's only eight games separating more than half the league. It's still real, real tight in this season. Um, I suppose it's been a while since I've done this. I will sort through the Roto Cats. Uh, Chris with the highest field goal percentage. Dylan with the highest free throw percentage. Alex with the most three-pointers. Alex with the most rebounds. Josh with the most assists. Alex with the most steals. Alex with the most blocks. Tom with the fewest turnovers. And Alex with the most points. Kind of interesting that Alex is leading all those categories, yet doesn't quite have first place in the league yet. Taking a look at the matchups this week, 9th place Nut and 4th place Ronnie, 14th place Sean, 7th place Tom, 13th place Paolo, 12th place Nathan, 2nd place Alex, 8th place Dylan, 6th place Chris, 11th place Keith, 5th place Mirth, 10th place Ping, 1st place Josh, 3rd place Barry. Some pretty intriguing uh, matchups for this week, if I do say so myself. Wrecked by absences, the Mavericks weren't able to dig themselves out of that hole. Roundtree III had more generations of his name than points, while Henderson had Murph in dar hell with his early injury. The one seed was, un was one unlucky mother tucker Meanwhile, Nathan was able to regulate his running back quartet that was truly the full Monty as he chased his way to a berth in the title game. And in a matchup of weak offenses, the weak steroids that the Queen had apparently greenlighted were barely enough to sneak by the walleye. Her Highness was pleased with her deodorant as her pits did not stink. Keith found a young way to navigate Swiss absence despite a performance from Hill that truly reeked. Cooper's performance, however, was anything but mini, but Dalvin's COVID test led to a bold in move at running back, and Dalvin's real-life teammate wasn't feeling all that good in his ankles. And at the end of the day, it was the walleye being short-staffed that did them in. The perfect lineup only considering the playoff teams, you know, not counting you losers who didn't make it. Kyler at quarterback, Chubb and Edmonds at running back, because Nathan just was the only one who had a good week in offense. <laughs> uh, Diggs and Cooper at wide receiver, Gerald Everett at tight end, Cup and Madison at the flexes, because once again, Nathan things. 
Justin Herbert at the offensive position, and Youngway Koo at kicker. So, with football here, we head into the championship game, but we can always uh, go back here and quickly look at the matchups from last week, try to see uh, what happened, and we can preview uh, the title game. So we'll start with uh, Nathan and Murph. Nathan led the league, led the playoffs rather, in scoring with a whopping 146.32, while uh, none of the rest of us even broke 100. It was just that kind of week. Montgomery scored 20.1, Chubb scored 25.9, Madison scored 14.5, and Edmund scored 22.7. Nathan started four running backs, and all four of them were good. Three of them were great. That's just, it's a proficient scoring performance. He didn't even need Herbert to go off. Mayfield is still struggling a little bit. Uh, Tyler Lockett lagged behind. Cooper Cup didn't even meet his uh, projection, and Nathan still rolled. Meanwhile, uh, Murph was just absolutely... Just ravaged by injuries here. No Mike Williams. No Leonard Fournette. No Jalen Guyton to even plug in for Mike Williams. No Austin Eckler. Uh, Donald Parham. Not that he was much of a factor anyways. Still uh, not really going to play the rest of the year because he's just suffered that brutal injury back in uh, week 15. That led to Murph having to play Pollard and Henderson had his running back duo. Henderson got hurt early after just one carry. That's incredibly unfortunate. Roundtree got no work in the absence of Eckler, which was unfortunate for Murph, just scrambling to try to grab any running back off of waivers. Um, thankfully, he had Roundtree in his farm or uh, prospect taxi squad deal, whatever you want to call it. There's no developmental league for the NFL that I can refer to that as, so... Oh, well. Gerald Everett, though, big bright spot with 14.8. Big game for the tight end. Uh, Russ looked a little more normal. Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things, despite a loss to the Colts. You know, I'm just going to throw that in there. And then uh, Stephon Diggs with 18. So pretty good performance from him. The other matchup was a tight one as uh, Keith got the win over myself. Jalen Hurts didn't really get to thrive too much in garbage time, thankfully. But Antonio Gibson did just enough on Monday Night Football. Najee Harris had an all right game, pretty decent game actually, but couldn't really get anything going until near the end where he finally started to get some some better chunks. Uh, Tyreek Hill was very focused on by the Pittsburgh defense and couldn't really break free. Uh, Byron Pringle did a lot of the damage. On Keith's bench, coincidentally enough, uh, Kyle Pitts continues to to really show that he was worth some of the hype, at least in redraft. Uh, he's had a pretty pretty decent finish to the year. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Mac Jones didn't really do a whole lot, but Young Wei Koo was uh, the best kicker in the playoffs this week, and that really helps. Uh, on my end, Matthew Stafford with three brutal interceptions, finishing below seven points. That was his lowest score of the year. It's kind of hard to win like that. 
especially when Matt Ryan is um, putting up nearly double the points of Matthew Stafford. That's unfortunate. Um, Brandon Bolden didn't really do much. Adam Thielen's ankles weren't, or his ankle wasn't good enough to really probably play, but he played through it, and you got to start Adam Thielen if he's active. Couldn't find the end zone. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a bit of a quiet game. Couldn't find the end zone for the first time in uh, week. Is it week three or week four? Looks like uh, week three was the last time he did not rush for a touchdown, but the Arizona defense held him out despite a long uh, run on their first offensive snap. Uh, Amari Cooper showed up big, his best game for the walleye. Uh, Braxton Berrios with a nice clutch uh, kick return touchdown. And then Laquan Treadwell trying his best to uh, to be a pretty solid waiver wire pickup for what he was in the playoffs. But not enough as the walleye fall by just under two and a half points. And with that, we look ahead at the title game between Nathan and Keefe. Uh, Nathan seems to be the current favorite based on projections um, by about about nine or so, though could be decently close here. Um, Nathan seems to have the advantage at RB1, wide receiver one, and then flex offensive uh, offensive position, and then kicker. Um, see here. Do we have any big uh, injury stuff here? Doesn't look like Keefe will be without anyone of incredible importance, uh, especially if DeAndre Swift does get back. Do the Lions rest him since their season's already done? Maybe. I kind of doubt it if he's healthy, though. Meanwhile, uh, Nathan is still going to be without Cooks. Maybe not. Cooks might get back if I remember his situation correctly. But uh, if his running backs can repeat what they did last week, it'll be hard for for Keith to match as... uh, Harris and Claypool haven't quite been themselves lately, and Keefe just in general has been uh, a little behind on the production as a team. So I think my mind would lean towards Nathan here, but as we've seen with Jalen Hurts, he has the capability to blow up, as does Tyreek Hill. Uh, that's, uh, that's a scary, scary team that Keefe has. It's a bit of a sleeping giant right now. You have to imagine that at some point there's going to be a breakout, although the season's over after this week for us. So maybe he's running out of time, but if he does break out like that and a couple guys really hit, that's it's tough to come back from. But Nathan with Cooper Cup, with Nick Chubb, with Justin Herbert, Chase Edmonds back in the lead role in Arizona. That's... It's a pretty pretty prolific team there. And he will probably be without Alexander Madison because Dalvin Cook will be back just in time for me to not be able to use him anymore. Whatever. 
yeah, it should be legitimately a really good finals. The four seed and the two seed. So uh, we'll be curious to see how that goes. Maybe we should uh, do a poll here on Saturday or so and uh, see who the league thinks is going to win. All right, and that wraps up a, another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the, the long interview. Uh, feel free to leave any feedback if you guys like the longer interviews. Um, I can always try to shorten them if you'd like, but if you're like me and you enjoy hearing uh, other people talk about the league and their teams, then, uh, I don't know, we'll see how the conversation naturally flows with, with future guests and uh, go from there. So, thank you all. Good luck to all of you in uh, your your leagues here this next week. We got basketball still in full swing. Hockey seems to be coming back. So, we'll be back to being a little little busy after having a little less to talk about today with, with no trades and no hockey. So, with that, I will see you all next time.